Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ira Winderman actually started to dance a little bit. <laughs> Who's this, Cool in the Gang? Cool in the Gang. Classic song, 5 o'clock hour on Hockman and Crowder, presented by our friends at the Funky Buddha Brewery. It's the Funky Buddha Happy Hour. We're going to get down on it, and the uh, Hurricanes are going to get down on it tomorrow. I'm sorry, Saturday. Tomorrow, I just got word. Nobody tell Channing. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, will be with us around 2.15 when we start our show tomorrow. So, as we uh, as we ramp up, Canes and Gators will have one more day to do it tomorrow. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, early in the program to the former uh, great QAM personality, former great QAM personality, Gino Toretta once a WQAM personality, uh, Joe Rose. I remember Joe Rose, yeah. I, I re- mean, there's a Mount Rushmore of athletes, right? I just remember and when Channing the, Crowder. When the Heat, exactly. When the Heat won the 2006 championship, it was when Michael still had the show on this station, and he was actually broadcasting out of Dallas to a Miami station. It wasn't on this station. We're on 790 oh, The uh, Ticket. Okay, on a nearby station whose studio I'm facing right now, <laughs> and I just still remember him actually, him actually interviewing me about the Heat winning the first championship. How about that? Yeah, yeah, isn't that a memory? Yeah. Um, and if you're confused, Ira Winderman is in for Channing Crowder. Crowder is on our sister station, 560, right now, along with Chris Whittingham doing the Dolphins pregame show. We are about three hours and 15 minutes from kickoff. Dolphins and Jaguars, game number three, the uh, the dress rehearsal. This hour brought to you by Toyota of Hollywood. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. You know, I want to play something uh, that we've played a couple times this week, but now that uh, I've gotten word Michael Irvin is going to join us tomorrow, mm-hmm. I want to play this hype tape, if you will. Have I you heard, heard this yes, at all? Yes, I have. This is great. This really is. Victor Bermudez, I've said. Victor Bermudez used to be the executive producer of this show. He is the executive producer of the Hurricanes Radio Network. And so leading up to every game, he goes in the lab. But the big games especially, Victor is, you know, at the editing bay and he's putting stuff together. And he put together an open for Saturday's broadcast, Canes and Gators, and he uh, he called into action some former Miami Hurricanes, and he uh, he really made something that will just give you the chills. So I want you to kind of picture it is Saturday, it's Canes and Gators, week zero, as we talked about earlier. We are kicking off the college football season. It is a rivalry. There is a lot on the line for the Miami Hurricanes, especially. Hurricanes have had great success as of late against the Florida Gators, and here is what Victor Bermudez has put together to start Saturday's broadcast. 
Gator has always been a big game for us ever since the fall of 1938 when I personally played on a football team and went up to fight the Gator. I'm Bernie Kosar, 1984 game-winning quarterback. Florida hasn't lost it yet at the moment they lead by a point. He's going to go in the end zone, and back to the end zone is Eddie Brown. He's got the touchdown. I threw a touchdown pass to Eddie Brown to beat the Gators in Tampa. In this series, the Canes are accustomed to the joys of winning. Miami has won seven of the last eight. Miami's going to win this game. This game is over. The University of Miami has done it on a spectacular afternoon at Sun Life Stadium. Miami has beaten the Florida Gators. Miami 21, Gators 16, and that's your final score. And the Hurricanes expect to win again. Go Canes. I'm Brock Berlin. In 2003, we trailed the Gators by 23 points. Hand off Carthon, right side. Easy. He is into the end zone, touchdown Gators. A four yard touchdown run. The blowout is on. They thought they were going to win. But as true Hurricanes, we knew we were going to win. More short side right. Berlin drops the throw. Four-man rush. Brock looking, throwing, Get and it's caught. Touchdown, Ryan Moore. Six-yard touchdown. Just like in 2003, this Hurricane team with first-year head coach Manny Diaz won't blink. The, you know, the more violent team will win, and uh, we won't, really don't care what they do. Uh, we're going to try and meet it with violence, and, um, and, if, and if, we'll, we'll see if they can hang for 60 minutes with that. And if they can, they can. And if not, we'll, the violence will still continue. They enter this game more determined than ever. Chomp, chomp. The Gators thought they had it at 33-10, to 10, and the Hurricanes have come scoring back. And this one, of all of them, might be the sweetest win of all. It's the 56th rendition of Miami and Florida. I'm Santana Moss. The passion and play is about one thing. Big time players stepping up in big time games. Four man Gator front, linebacker shows a glitz. Here's the snap, four man rush. Brock looking, looking, he fires, and it's caught by Sonoris Moss. He's in midfield, Moss to the 45, and Moss is brought down at the Gator 43 yard line. Channing Crowder brings him down, 25 more yards. Let's give a hand to the little man, Sonoris Moss out of Carroll City Senior High. Brothers proud of him right now. Canes and Gators coming up next. I love that. I freaking love that. I can't wait for Saturday to be here. I just can't wait for Saturday to be here. And again, I mentioned right before we started it, Michael Irvin, the playmaker, is going to join us tomorrow. Nobody tell Crowder. Be a surprise. Nobody tell Crowder. He doesn't tape the show and listen to the ones he misses. 
Crowder has taken it on the chin this week from our guests, Gino Toretta and Brock Berlin and Tuan Russell and Jared Payton and Mark Richt and uh, Don Bailey Jr. and Joe Zagaki. And tomorrow, Michael Irvin will bring it hurricane style. So uh, I'm excited about Decane's that. Is this biggest game of the season? Um... Yes, if they win. No, no, no if no, they that's, lose. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if you were to have to tell me right now before the game is played, is this, and you were lining up the games, emotionally as much as importance, is this the Canes' biggest game of the season? Yes. You have a chance. You really have a chance to complete the offseason with Manny okay, Diaz. That's like a you good have, point. You have a chance to complete it all. Obviously, FSU is going to be a big game. Uh, Vatek is going to be a big game. This one, I think, is is one that can change the trajectory of the program for this season. I'm not going to put that much importance where I say it changes the trajectory of the program, uh, you know, for the next five years. Right. And the, the reason I'm saying it is this, it, it, and Victor did an unbelievable job there, is there is so much more history with FSU. Yes. I mean, the wide rights, the wide left, there was so Only much more Only because Florida history. got scurred. Right, Be- and because... <laughs> And because you played Florida State on an annual basis, you've had a chance to build that much more history. Does this take, and the fact that we know there are now two more coming, I think, what is it, 24 and 25, the yep. two games, Florida, they're going to play again. Does, th- does this the start of the lessening, to a degree, of the Florida State rivalry? One, we know that the Seminoles have been down, and they seem to be trending in that direction, even without the turnover backpack this season. Is this could Florida Miami, although not being played as often, sort of be pushing back the FSU game a little? In um, importance? I don't think so. I think you know, as a Hurricanes fan, there's three games I'd love to see every year. I know what you can say. Let me. Can I guess the yep. third one? It would be Notre Dame. Notre correct? Dame. Yes. Yep. yep. Those three to me would be ideal every season. And I understand everybody's risking more. The more the more tough opponents that you schedule, the more that you risk. But if everybody did it, it would kind of even itself out. But, yeah, I would love to see them play FSU, Florida, and Notre Dame every year. And then I'd like, you know, listen, I love the 80s. I mean, I would love to see Nebraska. and uh, You know, I'd love to see. I think they would love to see Nebraska well, now, the they, way they're playing. They yeah. would. I, I, I'm just saying I would love to see the powerhouses from the 80s, you know, who was it? It was Nebraska and Oklahoma. And like, the, 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 I, I would like to see a resurgence of that. Now, if teams like UCF and whatnot come on strong, I'd love to see UM play UCF as well. Like, I, I, I would love to see UM play FAU as long as they've got, you know, FAU's not a good team, but they've got a relevant program because of Lane Kiffin. FIU, they play, and not well, a good team. I, I, but a huge student body. Huge yeah. student body, and it means something to play them. I think it's going to be at Marlins Park this season, and Butch Davis is the head coach. Like, I, I like all that stuff. I like drama. I'd much rather see that than, you know, Savannah State. As as much as I love the easy victory and, and you get to notch a couple Ws, like, yeah, I'd like to see all games have some sort of meaning. It'll never happen. No, especially when the playoff is so unforgiving and Correct. so limited. Correct. But if you are going to lose, you want to lose early in in the season, which is what makes this uh, such a, I think, such a unique game for the University of Miami Saturday night. They can lose this game Saturday night and go on and play for the ACC championship 
you know, winning the Coastal. As, as can the Gators. Sure, the Gators absolutely. can go on, and absolutely. if they get a win over Georgia, and not expected, but over Georgia and Tennessee and South Carolina, they could be there also. But it always seems so empty when Alabama's on the other side in that game, sort of like against Clemson also. <clears throat> Don't forget LSU. <laughs> our, LSU. they got to play LSU. Our New Orleans uh, friend over here. You worry about Zion Williamson. You enjoy that, and you, you leave the LSU uh, – you leave the LSU baggage somewhere else. Uh, somebody uh, texts in after that montage. Bro, I'm bleeping fired up. Somebody else uh, Somebody else texts in. Best thing I've heard on radio in a long time. Victor Bermuda has brought it strong on that one. You heard Dan Day pop in there. I didn't even do headlines. Let's get to headlines with Dan Day. This is WAXYAM South Miami and WSFSFM HD2 Miramar, a Radio.com sports station. ESPN has named their all-time ACC football team the Lone Cane, making the first team tight end Greg Olson. Keep in mind, though, Miami did not join the conference until 2004. And, of course, warm up the hot tub and break (laughs) out the keys. We got Canes, Gators matching up this Saturday, 7 o'clock. You can hear it on our sister station, 5. 60 the Joe WQAM the uh, the ACC network debuted today we had Mark Richt on yesterday he was uh, doing the media A- rounds ACC, promoting the uh, ACC network. network seen where yeah so where is I I don't know where it's not seen because I have DirecTV and Comcast in my house so I, I have it on one of them I don't know which I don't one think it's, though is it on Comcast I think that was one is of that the questions. one that it's not yeah, off I, yeah, there's there's a bunch, not yeah. on yeah so I'm sure it'll get more carriage as uh as the ACC continues, you know what? Uh, but I wonder if it will until basketball season, because that still is is the thing. That's a sort of a different upside down conference. And let's be honest, I think the ACC is a better football conference than the SEC right now as well. Said no one. Go ahead, Dan. You got anything else? Yes, one of my teams at the Little League World Series, Carousel, leads South Korea 2-0. The game is currently in a weather delay. The winner advances to play Japan in the semifinal. On the U.S. side of the bracket, South Riding Virginia will play River Ridge, Louisiana, Shah, for a spot in the semis. Yeah, loves his Louisiana, man. He, uh, he grew up eating mayonnaise sandwiches. Mayonnaise sandwiches. Not mayonnaise sandwiches. Manez sandwiches. He loves New Orleans. What else you got, Dan Day? I also love Miami for this reason, amongst others. Miami tops the list when it comes to the number of sugar daddies and sugar mamas with over 1,300. <laughs> sitting next to one of them. <laughs> the downtown and South Beach areas, of course, leading the way. All right, there you go. No weather or anything, right, because we're just on 790? Check your phone. All right, check your phone if you want that weather. Uh, 5 o'clock hour is the Funky Buddha happy hour, and we are going to check in in the next segment with Omar Kelly, who works for Ira's newspaper, the Sun Sentinel. Omar Kelly covers the Miami Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel and Dolphins about three hours from now. It's an 8.15 kickoff, right, Dan Day? 8.15? It's supposed to be 8 o'clock. I think they moved it to 8:15. I believe Fox has a little pregame. Yeah, that's 8:15. Yeah. You got to get in the know there. You worry about the uh, you worry about the LSU team too much. Uh, 8:15 kickoff. So we're about 30 minutes. Away, uh, 30 minutes. We're about three hours away from Dolphins and Jags tonight from Hard Rock Stadium preseason game three. Omar Kelly has the latest on everything that's going on with the Miami Dolphins. He will join us next on Hockman and Crowder. Throwback Thursday. Who is this? Brian Ferry? Roxy Music. Roxy Music. I think I told you a couple weeks ago to never play them again on this show. It's a banger, though. Okay, but take it out of the system. (laughs) 
Omar Kelly covers the Miami Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. Ira Winderman is sitting with me here, uh, taking over for Channing Crowder today, who's doing the Dolphins pregame show. Tonight, preseason game three, it's the dress rehearsal. If there's ever a preseason game you get excited for, it would be tonight. And you know uh, I like to detour away from sports every now and then and uh and one of the places i like to detour is food and i've told uh, i've been told that uh omar kelly is in line at popeyes trying their new chicken sandwich there's a whole slew of twitter action about the uh popeyes chicken sandwich versus the chick-fil-a chicken sandwich and uh so you're uh you're gonna try it today omar yeah, I had to come inside because the line for drive-through is 14 cars deep, uh, and then inside I'm about 20 people. I'm the 21st person in line. It's crazy what's going on with this Popeyes chicken sandwich because they've never had a chicken sandwich right. before, and so kind of Chick-fil-A dominated that market. Wendy's tried to get involved in this fight, and uh, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of the chicken sandwich at PDQ. PDQ has a great chicken yes. sandwich. Um, so you're, you're at your expectations, Omar, or what? Um, I don't know what to expect, but I'm trying to see if all this hype that people have created is absolutely worth it. Cause you know, I do like the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, but, um, I'm curious. I'm, 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 I'm not going to not deny I'm curious. I'm, Popeye's is my number one chicken establishment. So if I'm going to hand a chicken sandwich crown to somebody, I would assume that they would be the front runner now that they want to enter the equation. But, but if we were making it in, uh, in NFL, uh, analogy, Josh Rosen would be the Popeye's chicken sandwich and the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich would be Ryan Fitzpatrick, correct? <laughs> Don't make me do this. <laughs> Josh Rosen would be the chicken sandwich that your mama makes at home because wow. she told you she ain't got no going out money. <laughs> it can't. No, come on. The difference between. I'm dead the, serious. The, it, I'm because, dead serious. Because uh, Brian Flores kind of made that apparent this week. He does not believe Josh Rosen is ready to start. You don't want to see him, and it would hurt your feelings if you did. If you did see him for real in a real real game, you don't. It, it would hurt your feelings as a fan base. Calm down, like slow down. Maybe, maybe let's check around midseason to see if he's ready. Dude, just learn how to read a my uh, a middle linebacker. Like seriously, like what player in college level football doesn't know how to read who the middle linebacker is? Omar, like, was, calm down, Dolphin fans. Was this a setup from the get-go? Did Brian Flores from the get-go know, unless it was something otherworldly, that this is how he was going in? And and were we maybe on the outside set up a little bit more? Do you think even going into all this, he knew 95, you know, 75, 80% that this is the way it was going to go no matter what? Um, I think it, everybody knew it was going to be a competition if Josh Rosen could have made it a competition. Everybody also knew if it was even close to even, it was going to be favored in Josh Rosen's favor because of the age. But, you know, people inside the organization and people who knew who Ryan Fitzpatrick was were, and people who actually know football were going to be like, no chance that he beats him out. Now, will, will he get a starting opportunity? Absolutely, because there's no doubt in my mind that Josh Rosen isn't going to play a 18 games is going to play a 16 game season um and eventually they're going to turn the season's going to be bad enough that they're just going to turn it over the rosen so that they can finish off the tank special um but it's it's not even close and 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 brian flores has 
flat out, he didn't even need to start hinting. He flat out told the fan base and the media, because we are, the media, not me, but mm-hmm. everybody else is obsessed with this <laughs> and obsessed with Josh Rosen. And how many times does he have to tell you flat out he's not good enough to start for us right now for you to actually, like, digest it and accept it? But for someone like me who's an outsider, not down there, obviously, at all, as opposed to someone like you, how many, how much strides can a player truly make just in a practice scenario? In other words, everyone's saying, wait for the first four games, wait for the bye week, and then it'll be Josh's chance. How much mm-hmm. room is there for legitimate growth where the light bulb can go on for Brian Flores? He can go, ah, now the kid's got it. Does that really yeah. happen in practice? Oh, absolutely. Light bulbs go on all the time to the point where, you know, I generally see it about th- week three of the exhibition of, of the of training camp mm-hmm. when or, or after the first exhibition game where young players say, hey, I could play in this league. The NFL isn't too big for me. And then you really start to see these young players emerge. Um, and, y- you know, you saw it with Preston Williams. It, it comes on. Um, it's with quarterbacks, unfortunately, I haven't seen it come on ever with a Dolphins quarterback. But you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm young enough. Maybe it'll happen before I die. <laughs> Omar Kelly is with us. He covers the Miami Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. You got preseason game three tonight at Hard Rock Stadium. How much of what we see tonight is going to be similar to what we can expect throughout the regular season? Well, I mean, they've already shown you what their defense is. Even last week with the Jerome Baker blitzes, and they're very, very good. Um, you know, I don't. I really don't think they're really hiding anything from anybody. What they're going to do is when the regular season gets here, they're going to create specific game plans for specific opponents. So, you know, just like the Bill Belichick teams, when they knew Philip Wheeler was on the field, they went after Philip Wheeler. Well, the Dolphins are going to do the exact same thing for the opponent based on who their, their weakest player is. They're going to attack that player if they can. Um, and, and the Dolphins are going to, you know, take away each opponent's strengths and, and force them to beat you with things that they're not used to or comfortable doing. Um, that's the, that, that, that has been the brilliance of Bill Belichick for over a decade now. And, you know, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to see what makes him special. And I, I've seen a little bit of it. I, 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 now I understand a little bit more the finer blueprint about what makes the Patriots special. Like, for instance, the nickel defense. I mean, the, the defense. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be a hybrid defense. And some people, is it going to be a 3-4? Is it going to be a 4-3? No, it's neither. They, they run a nickel defense as their base. That is their base. I've, I've yet to see in the 70 practices that I've watched three linebackers on the field together. It just doesn't happen. And that's just who they are. And, you know, it, it's, it's next-level football. It's, 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 it's brilliant it's, it's it's so simple. It's brilliant. You understand what I'm saying? I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. get that, but like even the move from Bobby McCain to free safety, like we've been dealing with this. If you're a Dolphins fan, with a free safety problem for over a decade now, since you know Chris Clemens, um, and he wasn't even that great. Uh, you know, you'd struggle to name the last good Dolphins free safety. Well, the Dolphins. Not only did they draft Minka Fitzpatrick to play that position, but then they said, you know what, we'd rather make her closer to the line of scrimmage. Let's put Bobby McCain at that position. And the job isn't too big for Bobby. And, in fact, it's a perfect fit for Bobby because you want that free safety to be the last line of defense. Nobody gets behind him, and you want him to, to, to conduct the traffic in front of him. Well, Bobby's perfect for that. So, you know, just the, it's the little subtle things that, that just make me actually think, okay, well, this can work once they get a quarterback. Omar, obviously we know about the Albert Wilson injury situation. Of course, once again, we have Devontae Parker we're concerned about. My question is, 
Preston Williams in week one was the greatest revelation ever. In week two was mm-hmm. less than any type of revelation. Is he trending mm-hmm. toward Chris Hogan territory where after two more no, exhibition no. games it might not be? Or or is it – but beyond the injuries, if, if there weren't the injuries also, would he still be a shorter roster spot? Oh, absolutely. He'd be a shorter roster spot. In fact, this week when, when Brian Flores was talking about his receiving core, he named Preston Williams first uh, uh, outside of everybody. You know what that means, Ira. Mm-hmm. That's the first person on his mind. And he's he's got talent. The question is, is he mature enough to handle all that's going to come to him? Is he going to continue to learn the offense? You know, there's a reason he went undrafted. Don't ignore that, Dolphin fans. There is a reason. It's not for public consumption, but there is a reason. The hope is that he matures, grows up, realizes what's at stake. You could be sitting on a $50 million contract if you do what you're supposed to do in the next three years. The question is, will he be mature enough to do what he's supposed to do in the next three years in Miami? That would keep me in line, and I know it would keep Ira in line. He's got a reputation, Omar. Omar Kelly is with us. <laughs> and we know Omar's in line, but for a different reason, right? Omar Kelly from the Sun Sentinel. Hey, did you like the Jakeem Grant extension? Uh, tough question for me, um, and this is probably going to get me bombarded with hate. Um, <laughs> nothing new, right? Nothing me. new. Yeah, not, nothing <laughs> didn't didn't make sense to me. I'm paying five million a year for a return specialist. Why? He's kind of a like, he's kind of a playmaker, though. Even if like Crowder and I were talking about it Is yesterday, he? if you run a gadget, play for him, get the ball in his hands, he's yeah. the kind of guy that can get you a first down when you need it. This is this is the problem that I've consistently had about which people you know Jakeem doesn't talk to me I don't talk to Jakeem we we don't like each other cool I don't doesn't mean I don't respect his game but I don't believe in gadget players if if Jakeem can he help you on run blocking no um you know is he an every down wide receiver no. Uh, I don't believe in building an offense around gadget players. I don't. I fundamentally don't. And he is for certain a return specialist. You know that. So now you've just paid a return specialist and gadget players $5 million over the next five years. Now, I don't know what the guaranteed money is. Maybe if the guaranteed money is like $11 million. So you got Jakeem for $11 million over the next three years. Okay, it makes sense. But to me, mm, like, why is it necessary? Like, are you are you scared somebody's going to outbid you? Jakeem has practiced in this offense for like two weeks because he hasn't been healthy. Like, I haven't even seen what Jakeem can do in this offense. He's not a slot receiver. The last coaching staff established that. I don't see him working as a slot receiver. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but I don't exactly know how he fits into this offense. You got Kenny. Unless you're unless you're moving somebody or getting rid of Kenny Stills or 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 you know have no faith that DePonte Parker's ever going to be healthy again. You know, Jakeem is like the fourth receiver on this team. I'm so you think it's a good idea to pay your fourth receiver five million dollars a year? So the whole thing and the revelation at the start of last season when the Miami, when the Dolphins had this unique speed game and it was everything and that's what mm-hmm. everyone was talking about and it was revolutionary and was going to drive them to the playoffs. Mm, is that whatever. all is that all gone? Yeah, it is. That was quick. Well, <laughs> it, like, it didn't work what, out. What, 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 I mean, it, it was gone mid-season. Yeah. yeah. Well, because of injury. I, I, because I, I, of injury, though, that that was the right. thought. Wilson, Wilson and, injured, and the Grant Jakeem injuries. Devontae's always injured. Jakeem, Jakeem, had, well, Jakeem had probably one week of practice where I was like, oh, he's got his speed back, and then he got hurt. Albert Wilson, I still haven't even seen him run. Like, 
So you're doing, you're banking on what in the most physical sport in football? You're banking on these guys getting healthy? Like, like really? How how's that panned out for you ever? Omar uh, Omar Kelly is with us. You can read his work in the Sun Sentinel. Tonight is preseason game three for the Miami Dolphins. Let us quickly talk about my flawless Mount Rushmore of Keanu Reeves movies. Oh my god, which I know you are familiar with. <laughs> I, I was listening. Released this yesterday on Twitter. Omar was uh, angered You're by it. the world. Here is I'm not here. Here is <laughs> you, my. You are. I am you not are. here. Is, I am not. Here is my Mount Rushmore of Keanu Reeves oh movies. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, Point Break, and The Devil's Advocate. How could you argue that Mount Rushmore? Because you, one, don't have John Wick on there, which is the best, one of the best action series ever. Oh, stop. And two, you don't have The Matrix on there, which is un. Which is that's like where it on started. The Matrix. But where, where, where I mean, like, which, which movie would you no, take off I there? Matrix he, is a dime a dozen like, movie. Let's be honest here. No, it's not. It was, it, it, it was a revolutionary movie about to me about what the world is really like. Like, you know, things don't don't seem how they appear. Yeah, but if and they if, uh, if they feel like, great to you, what's the difference? Who needs to know the real truth? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, I mean, you, you, you will take the red pill. <laughs> like, I know you will take the I, red pill. I told, I told Crowder, I think I'm stuck on the blue pill, but that's because I'm turning 50 years old in, uh, in November. It's a whole different uh, the story. The existential Mark Hawkins. No, but I, I, no, I, I mean, in, in, I don't understand it. So they're living in pods, and they, but they don't know that. They think they're having a nice life. So yeah. why would you want to go out into the real world? I think everything's fine and dandy in those little uh, coffin-like things that they're in. Let me get the chicken sandwich without the mayo. <laughs> I'm, I'm finally at the front of it. There you I'm, go. Uh, let me get the meal, whatever the meal is. Yeah, I'm finally in line. It's, it's the whole. I waited the whole interview to be. No, to I the think front this is awesome. No I mayo. was, was going to keep you on until you got to the front of the line. Cajun rice or fries? Which way are you going? Omar, sorry. Rice, fries. Yeah. What are you going for your sides? Is, um. Yeah, give me fries for the sides, please. No, yeah, no, no, mayo? Just, no mayo, no mayo, huh? No mayo, Omar. Hmm. No, no, absolutely yeah, not. No big mayo. mistake. I don't want any. I just want see. No, I just want the chicken sandwich at its essence, so that I can taste what the essence of the sandwich is. You see, with the red that, pill, that, you would with the red pill, you would take the mayo and you'd enjoy it, <laughs> right? And you'd never know the difference. <laughs> and they'd feed you. Uh, hey, do you know? Uh, do you have this sound while you're waiting for your chicken, Omar? This is shocking to me. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was featured on the Dolphins Twitter feed earlier today, and they did like a back <laughs> yes, and forth uh, a question. Listen to mm-hmm. this. I know it might be a little hard to hear uh, while you're in line there at Popeyes, but uh, listen to the little oh back God. and, and forth. There's 20 people after right. me that is coming live. Okay, like, but I'll, is, I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you what he says though. Listen to this. This is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Dolphins uh, website. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? chicken squares if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life what would it be and he says chicken squares i don't even know what chicken squares are Thank you. right yes. i mean it, it, that is highly controversial no and doesn't that immediately exclude him from the starting job no but I, <laughs> it, it, it probably i feel like i'm missing out on something i should like know about chicken well, squares. What are chicken squares? So Ira looked it up. So what it's is a chicken of, it's square? It's sort of a cross between a chicken condition and a chicken empanada. It, it, it's chicken pieces, leftovers, in basically phyllo dough. 
Oh my God! Yeah, there's we, like a, we don't there's know like a war going on here in line. Like o- over my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Tell them my Mount Rushmore to, <laughs> no. to, to settle them down. It's like uh, it's like this. This is this is uh, seriously. This is crazy. I've never seen this many people in Popeyes. There's okay. like fifty people in line. It's, what? One one quick thing. When, when we get Don Bailey on, he gets to say certain phrases we want. If Ryan Fitzpatrick plays poorly tonight, can you please write that he played like chicken squares? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just for you, yeah, Ira. Thank you, right, Omar. Write, write something like, you know, uh, you know, they're out here playing checkers while he's out there playing, playing chicken, chicken squares. squares. Come on. In the, in, the, in, the, in, the fo- in the photo gallery, no one's going to see number eight anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I looked through the entire ten on the photo gallery. <laughs> All right, Omar. I, I need to know what I need to taste the chicken square. I have no idea what it is. I know, I know. Square. I really, I want to do that. It's, Go back uh, to the front of the line and demand the chicken square. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to find out like, where we can get them down here because I and I said to I, Ira because you travel for your for your living. I mean, you're all over the place. Yeah. Have you ever seen chicken squares on a menu? I don't even know what it looks like. I know. I'm so I know. confused. I saw that last night, and I was like, huh? What is a chicken square? I was like, okay, maybe it's like a Harvard or Midwest thing. I have no idea. I grew up in the Midwest. I've never heard of a chicken square. Anyway, uh, we can agree that my Mount Rushmore of Keanu Reeves movies is flawless. It's I think horrible. we've come to that, and uh, and you'll let us know uh, dude, via you, Twitter. You, his, his, number, his top two series you don't even have on his Mount Rushmore. Yeah, like, there's like yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent John Adventure Wick. and Speed. Speed I will allow because speed is like the beginning of when he actually started to blow up. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure got to go, bro. No, stop it. Stop it. If it was so good, they would have made a second. They did. They did. They made three of them, and they're making a fourth right now. (laughs) A Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yes. Yes, they made three of them, and there's a fourth that's in production right now. That's unreal. Now I have to reconsider my stance because I have Thank absolutely you. no idea. Thank they you. You know what? That's what we need more of in this society is when presented with new information, people are willing to walk back their original opinion. I appreciate that, Or Omar. he took the red pill. We don't know. One of the two. <laughs> like, how is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure got four movies? This, no, that doesn't I mean, Police Academy me. has 11, I think. Right. You know? It was most excellent. Police yes. Academy was a fine film. I've got two I radio stations. First... I mean, go figure that <laughs> one out. <laughs> All right. See you, Omar. started one. I know. Yeah, that's right. See you, Omar. Enjoy the chicken sandwich. Thanks, Omar. <laughs> Omar Kelly there from the Sun Sentinel. It is preseason game number three. Dolphins and Jags tonight, 8 p.m. kickoff at Hard Rock Stadium. More next on Hockman and Crowder. I mean, nobody knows the Joe Boxers but me. Wow, this is a great song. Classic from the 80s. Five o'clock hour on Hockman and Crowder, presented by our friends at the Funky Buddha Brewery. Funky Buddha happy hour. Hit the post, like I always do. This hour has been brought to you by Toyota of Hollywood. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Omar Kelly, every time that he's on, he always lights up the text machine, this time for all kinds of reasons. The number of texts about my Keanu Reeves, Mount Rushmore, Omar buying a Popeye's chicken sandwich right now, and his take on Jakeem Grant, he has lit the text machine on fire. 
What are you going to do? The uh, the Dolphins, uh, again, 8-15 kickoff tonight is on national TV. Um, there is, and we've talked about it, Ira Winderman is here. Channing Crowder is doing the Dolphins pregame show right now. Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel is with me. There was a Dave Hyde column, I don't know, a couple days ago, mm-hmm. that the title was, Can the Dolphins Really Have a Rebuilding Narrative If Josh Rosen Doesn't Start? And that is a, it's a fair question, right? Now, they're not saying that they're rebuilding. And I don't think they are. You don't think? I think they're dumpster firing. I think when you're rebuilding, you're saying, let's oh. take X amount of elements from this team and build them up so the next time we airlift in a star, I see that I see that with the Heat. When you have Winslow, when you have Adebayo, when you have Tyler Hero, you're saying, let's get a, get a ground floor, we'll airlift in one star, and Jimmy Butler did, we'll find one more, and then we'll take off. I think the Dolphins are scorched earth. I think the Dolphins are ripping it down almost to nothing. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe Xavier Howard, maybe uh, I, I, I'm drawing I mean, a blank. Rashad Jones is not going to be Rashad, part of it. Rashad Jones is not going to be part of it right now. Laramie Tunsil is the other name I was thinking of. Maybe Kenyon Drake. So that's the thing is I, I don't necessarily see that rebuilding team where you're saying there's going to be 10, 12 players, and we're building it back up. I think it's just pure dumpster fire, as in get the quarterback, and then we'll get the rest of the pieces in free agency. Well, I'm interested to see what Ryan Fitzpatrick brings you tonight in the first half, because I, I almost imagine, and I know, listen, a professional athlete goes out there, he's going to play, he's going to play hard, but I almost imagine the first two preseason NFL uh, NFL preseason games for him are, yeah, I'm going to go out here, do Been a there, couple of things, it, whatever. It, right. If he is going to show out or take it seriously, tonight would be the night. And so I wonder if you see a markedly different Ryan Fitzpatrick tonight. I hope you see a markedly different Ryan Fitzpatrick. But tonight will be really interesting to see what he looks like. I want to put a thought in your head, though, because I've been thinking about this now, because you were talking to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's seen every situation, he's been through everything. He seems like an earnest guy who obviously takes pride in what he does. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick is not named the starter, do you think he'll be crushed do you think he'll be bothered? Do you think it'll change his mood when he goes home to his kids and his wife? Or do you think he'll be, and I don't mean this to, that he doesn't care, but because he's seen it all and because this team is not going to the playoffs, which he's never been to, wouldn't it be, do you think it might just be more of a, oh, whatever? I think he would be disappointed for a couple of reasons. But not devastated. Not devastated. Okay. Hey, he's, he's, he's too. Most guys would be devastated. I, I, I don't think. If like, they were the presumptive starter. Well, I really believe he came here to be the starter. I think he probably had some other options. I think, A, if he wasn't going to be the starter, he could have had an option to be a starter elsewhere. I'm not certain where. Or a backup on a playoff team. Or and a backup finally on make a, a much team. better yeah. team. Right. And, and, and he chose, I believe, the Dolphins because they had gotten rid of Tannehill. And they had a big vacancy sign out of the They window. had gotten rid of Osweiler. Like, whoever they brought in was going to be their guy. So I think he would be disappointed in the fact that he came here. He obviously enjoys playing football. He doesn't need to be playing football anymore. Right? I mean, he's made millions of dollars. That's why I'm wondering if it's really as emotionally deep as some of the other times when you're playing for a starting job. I just wonder. Don't know the man personally. I think if Eli Manning were to lose the opening day job, for example, for the Giants, I think he would be devastated because he'd realize this is his last chance. I just wonder here if anyone on this team is that emotionally invested only because of this scenario put forward on the season of a season that's about, it's like a Seinfeld show, it's well, about nothing. There's got there's some Jay Cutler to it, right? 
I mean, Jay Cutler, he had no attachment to right. the Dolphins, had, you know, had a friendship with Adam Gates, but it, it had no attachment to the Dolphins, had no attachment to Miami, had already kind of resigned himself to not playing football anymore and got offered a paycheck and yeah, came in, did his thing or whatever. For the money. I right. think Fitzpatrick's a little bit different than that, though. I, I do, but I'm just saying the, the scenario you laid out for me is what if he doesn't have a good outing tonight? What if that first half is not good? Does this open everything up? And I just don't think he's sitting there sort of banging the helmet now against the wall going, I've got to get it done. Well, this I is would my agree moment. with that. I would agree with that. But I think that comes from being a salty veteran as well, right? I mean, he's he's a super smart guy, right? Ivy Leaguer, right. and he's done his thing. He's proved himself in the NFL. He, he, he literally has nothing to prove, right? He's not going to have a breakout season. And that's why I asked early in the show is that isn't the body of work over his history of so many – two decades in the league enough that even if there is a bad preseason, you still sort of know what he is and who he is. I guess. Unless he, he's hit the wall and he's at the end. Well, that's the that to me is the wild card. At some point, he hits the wall, right? So he was super, like, super effective the first two, three games with Tampa last season. Right. I mean, he was setting records. And then... He regressed to what Ryan Fitzpatrick like has John been. like John Clayton said, because this, if the, the backup quarterback plays too much and you realize, okay, here's his flaws, let's game plan, boom, right. he's not the same. Right. So I do think there's some of that, but I, I wonder, and again, I, I, I know that it doesn't really matter because you know what he's going to be. So if, if you're going to base it after you know, 15, 16, 17 years in the NFL, you're going to base whether you start him, start him or not on three preseason right. games. It doesn't make on any 15, sense. 15, 16, 17 right. snaps. doesn't make any sense logically, but I do think there's a little bit more context that needs to be given to it, which is if he really stinks it up. If he doesn't have anything left, if the tank is empty. And, and they still go with him. First of all, what are you saying about Josh Rosen? And secondly... Are you then just well, being stubborn? they've already said what they've said, and Omar's already told us this, is what they've said about Josh Rosen is he's just not ready, which is a crazy thing to say about someone who started three quarters of the previous season. Right. There was an NFL team that thought he was ready. But, I, I, I mean, it could be nothing more than Brian Flores wanting to put him in the best situation possible, and so by saying he's not ready might be, no, our offensive line isn't ready. Like, nothing's ready. I'm not going to put him out there for that. And maybe it's Omar's scenario of they've got a good-priced backup quarterback for seasons going forward in the future. So that's all we need you to be, kid. Well, we uh, we have a lot to learn tonight when the Dolphins host the Jaguars. It's at Hard Rock Stadium. 8-15 kickoff. Now, uh, that's going to do it for us here, me and Ira. And I know the Dolphins pregame show will go on the next couple of hours on our sister station, 560 The Joe WQAM, if you want to get your uh, your Dolphins fix as we head forward. I believe uh, Bill Ryder on the CBS Sports Radio Network will come up next after us here on 790 The Ticket. Loaded potato of a program today. Loaded chicken square. Loaded of a chicken square of a program today. Omar Kelly was excellent. Rob Pizzola, professional sports gambler. He said to bet the Jags tonight plus the points. And uh, John Clayton from the Washington Post. All those interviews will be posted on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, radio.com. Search up Hockman and Crowder. Subscribe to the podcast. It is free, and you can hear all the interviews that we did today. Tomorrow, it is going to be a good one. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, will join me and Crowder 2.15 tomorrow afternoon right here on 790 The Ticket.
Dolphins line, by the way, I just looked, is down to one and a half. So uh, it is Dolphins minus one and a half tonight. Nick Foles will be playing. So do with that what you wish. But and I will it, call uh, you at 1130 and ask if you're still watching. Do it at your own risk. All right, that will do it for us, everybody. Have a great night. Go Dolphins. And Channing and I will speak with you manana. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.